0: Welcome to Ravel, a roundtable show about how faith gets complex with the vast amount of information at our fingertips.
1: For some people, this complexity has caused the unraveling of their faith, and for other people, it's been liberating. Take us, for example. I'm Stephen. I'm Josh. And
2: I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of the American Christian spectrum, and as some of our beliefs migrate, we still feel like our theology is in process theology always has fundamentally been, and will always be, an exploratory
1: dialogue. That alone is proof that faith-raveling doesn't have to be a crisis, even if it feels like it. We don't have all the answers, so we want to use this show to model what it can look like to genuinely sort through beliefs in real time.
0: So share a drink with us as we pull on the thread of our own pressing questions. Thanks for listening. Morning, y'all. Good morning. Morning. Does that throw you off because we're not recording in the morning at all?
1: Everyone enjoying their coffee and donuts from the (laughs) lobby on the way in. Hey. Next to the informational kiosk.
2: Don't mock donuts and
0: coffee. Well, speaking of drinks, what are you guys drinking this week? Donuts and coffee is
1: truly like the modern Eucharist every week. Amen. Hallelujah.
2: I'm drinking apple cider. But I found in my office, some vanilla syrup. So I added Ooh. like just a hint, just to see, to experiment. Because I'm in that kind of mood. It's 12 degrees here and snowing actively. Yikes. Yeah, dude. Um, winter hit us. It is fantastic. This is a great concoction for a impromptu beverage for recording. Just saying.
1: Josh inspired you on the, the improv beverage.
2: Yes. Thank you, Josh.
1: I'm drinking a new... Tea to me. Uh it's the yogi Egyptian licorice herbal tea. Oh my gosh, you guys. This tea is (laughs) it's like licorice cinnamon, orange, ginger, cardamom, black pepper, clove. Like oh, it's so good. And it's so warm and it's hitting the spot. The high today here in Montana was twenty degrees and it's gonna dip down to two degrees tonight. But you know what is warming my spirits beside this tea is uh I just wanted to wish everyone a happy 1989 Taylor's version day. That's the day we're recording. So (laughs) to all that observe. To all that observe.
0: I am drinking a Topo Chico classic and also a Kava stress relief tea from Yogi. It sounds like it's the licorice tea that you have. Sounds like it's similar in profile. I hate licorice, but I would be willing to try that because of Yogi and because it sounds similar to this Kava taste. Is it just licorice or like... No. A
1: lot of that like orange and ginger is coming out for me too. And I added...
2: So I think that would be good.
1: I added like a teaspoon of uh, local like Montana honey to it as well. So, oh, it's so nice. It's so warm and cozy on my belly.
0: Well, speaking of our drinks, our drinks were bought this week by our brand new patron, Chloe. So shout out to you. Thank you for buying our drinks and supporting us and looking forward to chatting more in the Discord. Cheers. And... Also, we passed recently what feels like a benchmark. I I mean, numbers are arbitrary, but we just passed 50,000 downloads, which sounds huge and is also small potatoes in the podcast world, but it is also huge. Like, that's really... Yeah, it's very meaningful. Here's the
2: thing. We were a baby podcast. Yes. We are now like late toddler
1: we're a toddler podcast
2: we are a toddler approaching like kindergarten style-esque podcasting folks this is huge this is milestones crossing the threshold as we know it for us this is amazing
1: love it
0: how many episodes have we done
1: Today is episode 163.
0: Wow. 163. So if you just like That's not counting all the bonus stuff we've released either on the PC. Yeah, not counting feed. the bonus stuff. But if you just average, that's over 300-ish listeners, which if you think about it is bigger than most churches. Yeah.
2: Amen. That's true.
0: So <laughs> so Emily, that's wild. Yeah. How many people do you preach at every week?
1: At, preach to with, <laughs> preach to. You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: The <laughs> uh, average Sunday morning in-person attendance is 80, and we get about 30 to 40 online.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, if you've been one listen or if you have been 163 listens, thank you. We really appreciate it, and we are hopeful that this project has been or hopeful yeah. to many.
1: Or like our friend on Threads, who goes by Visually Repaired, who has just binged the entire backlog in the last few months.
0: Right? T- yeah. Shout t- t- out to you guys. To those about Crazy. to rock, we salute you. What was that reference for those about to rock?
2: ACDC.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I grew up homeschooled. I apologize. Come, you haven't Dark. even seen School of Rock with uh, Jack Black. Oh, I have. I don't. I was not supposed to, but I have.
1: That's my favorite Jack Black
0: movie. Fun fact. So this week we are talking about a topic that you two have no idea. Per as always, the huge. Us- yep. I think this is going to be a really fun meta one. Um, and to be honest it's been rolling okay I don't know what you guys do but I keep a nice long list of topics and usually it's the ones that I've most recently written down that we end up tackling because I find that like the further away I get from writing it down the less I'm interested and or yeah it like wraps itself into a new question recency bias yeah something like that yeah 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 (laughs) and I certainly have like a a decent handful on the list that now I'm like I don't know what I meant by that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or like, <laughs> or like, I'm, d- I'm just like not interested in like exploring that question anymore. Like maybe I've answered it for myself, whatever. This question I think might be the only remaining question on my list that I have had written down since virtually the beginning of the pod. Whoa. Wow. Um, slash that I am still interested in talking about. Fascinating. So here's my question. Is doing this what we're doing right here? And not exclusively to us, but like other people as well. Is doing this just idle talk? No. <laughs> wow. Definitive. Yeah, that was a very definitive quick answer. I guess we can move on. Josh, what else do you have on the list? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly none of us think that because we're doing this, right? Still. I mean, of course, easy answer. Yeah. And anybody who's listening doesn't think this is idle talk either. But I get this sentiment out there from at least two specific camps. Not that anyone's saying this to us. But, like, I, I even have had friends express this opinion mm-hmm. that, like, this type of project is just idle talk. They might not say it in those words, but, like, I've, I've heard that, like, very heavily implied from both Christians and former Christians. And I think that's a really interesting... I just don't... I don't understand it. How do
1: you think they would define what is not idle talk?
0: That's a question. What's the
1: opposite of idle talk, then? Um... First of all, hey, Emily, mm. could you look up the verse that this is... I think this is rooted in a verse of Paul's.
0: It is rooted in a verse, yes. Okay. I'm on yeah. it. I think that the critique I've heard is... Uh, like, like from the Christian camp, the critique is, like, at the very least, inspired by that verse, which I cannot remember off the top of my head. So, Emily, when you get it... Just yeah, we'll read, get it. Just read it out loud to the Bible study. I
2: will, gladly.
0: Uh, so, I think people are inspired by that, and in a way... Take some inspiration from like faith without works is dead, kind of. Like, why would you sit around talking about theology and not do theology? Every minute you spend talking about what you're gonna do, you're not doing it.
2: Okay, I think this is the verse. Okay. Um, and if I'm wrong, please correct me, but I'm pretty sure this is the one. I tell you on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter, for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned.
0: What's mm.
1: the reference on that, baby?
2: Matthew 12, 36, and I read oh, from the NRSV.
1: twelve thirty. So is that Jesus talking? That's not Paul. It is Jesus talking. I thought talking. it was Paul. Oh, okay. This
2: is when he's talking to the the Pharisees, and the my, one of my favorite lines Jesus ever says is, you brood of vipers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes from that section. It's great.
1: Oh, so he's fired up, and he has some things to say about the guys who are- sitting on their temple mount judging Yes, from yes. the top of the power structure, right? Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: which is why I strongly and full-heartedly believe that what we are doing is not idle words.
1: Because we're normal people just trying to figure it out.
2: But not only that, but I think when Jesus was speaking and using that kind of language, it was referring to the very thing of, You say you're doing this, but your actions contradict that. So unless we are recording this episode and we're talking about how our words matter and then I go out and I kick a homeless man in the balls like, whoa, okay, like that would be very uncharacteristic of me, first of all, Um, and second of all. I believe that's what Jesus is speaking to. Like your actions clearly are not matching with what you were saying. Your words are careless. So this is where we get
1: like paying lip service. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So like, I believe we are not only talking the talk by doing this, but I think this in fact is actually walking the walk as well because we are trying to better understand not only God or what it is we believe in. We were also trying to make connection with creation, God's creation, people And making sense of all of this, I don't know how that would be contradicting good works or like good words. I just don't know.
0: The other kind of, it's not really an argument, but I guess the other stance that I hear people say in this sometimes is along the lines of like that we shouldn't talk theology as normal people, basically. Why?
1: Because it belongs to the
0: priests? Well, not, not just that, which I think is a very Catholic opinion, actually. I think that's very. Funny. I think that's embedded um, in Protestantism. We just don't call it that. I agree. I completely agree. Yes. But I think that, like, there's this sentiment that I see in American Christianity that's more or less like you don't need to think about, like, higher and deeper and scholarly theology. All you need to do is love Jesus and love people. That's it. You don't need to think about and, all that And other do stuff. your Devo time for instagram
2: oh my god (laughs) i'm gonna throw up
0: yeah well okay i'm okay i actually think that that might be the better argument of out of those christian views so i'm curious emily what makes you cringe more at that one because like i see people like trying to like harken back to the gospel i guess with like love jesus love people the gospel can be simple kind of thing and i think they're making a, a logical error too but What makes you cringe so hard at that?
2: Because we can't seem to figure out unanimously what it means to love our neighbor.
1: We we
2: claim it's so simple. I'm saying we as Mm. in humanity universal. Okay, I'm including myself in this. We all think we've figured out what it means to love people, to love our neighbor and look at the state of our world today. Mm. We clearly have not figured that shit out. And by making it simple and i'm using air quotes and you can't see that by making it simple we're actually taking away meaning from the idea of loving our neighbor it's gonna mm. be hard initially to love your neighbor because you're gonna have to work through some of your shit you're gonna have to work through some personal bias you're gonna have to work through some systematized trauma and systematized deeply ingrained ideology that has been rooted within you and society for so long but once we get it then it is simple because it's something that we just instinctively do but right now it's not simple because we can't agree we don't know what it means to love for jesus like we just don't Mm. know what it means to do that so no we need to have these hard conversations because once we get to the center of it then it'll expand out and it'll make Mm. so much sense. That's why I cringe. I always cringe. It's not this like bumper sticker solution. It's so fucking annoying. See now I'm gonna uh, send I off. To
0: yeah. take a drink. yeah, preach that girl. I need to take a drink. <laughs> Go off, Queen. No, I completely agree. I think that it I think the oversimplification is usually straying people away from actually thinking about what it means to love your neighbor and or like the implications of having certain theologies
2: right. I could say I love people. I also love Chinese food. But they're not the same. <laughs> like that's just so simplified, but that's how especially in America, that's how we treat this idea of love. It's this this thing that we feel and it's bleh, I I also,
0: I also think and I'm not a scholar on this, but I also think it's a very evangelical view of theology that's like been designed to just like Draw people in, and what I mean Mm. by that is seeker sensitive. Yeah, seeker sensitive. Um, but also like whitewashing the Bible.
1: Yes,
0: like there's like if if it was as simple as love God and love your neighbor, then like that doesn't even get close to well, why Jesus? Like, why would you need to love Jesus if it's just as simple as love the being that created the universe and love the people around you like a human? Like, why did Paul write all these letters that you're not going to talk about, etc.? And
2: and also, if we're using this idea to bring people in and then we slam the door in their face and we like leave them at the doorstep, that message is, again, contradicting the whole point of the message. You can't say you love people Mm -hmm. and then not like go the extra mile to do that. It's great advertising to a certain degree.
0: I think the other thing that I see on the Christian view of this is all idle talk is I think some people are genuinely afraid that as people discover and unravel their theology, that they will decide they don't believe it anymore. I think that some people actually think that this kind of talking leads to that, which if you look at someone like Stephen, yeah, maybe partially true.
2: And I'm going <laughs> to add to that. And a there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever.
0: Oh, completely. Yeah.
2: And B, even if you experience what our friend Stephen has experienced, this is my pastor moment, uh, God still loves you and God will still be with you, even if you see it differently. And even if you're separated from that, like God is big enough to handle that.
1: Okay. You know what's meaningful about someone like you saying that, Emily, is I have a gut reaction of like, I don't care if God, I I don't think that God is there. That's actually loving me for now. I think it's enough that you can say that and that you love me. And like, Mm. I think that that has been the root of like a lot of stuff I've been working on lately too, of like, you know, we struggle with this, like someone's actions aren't matching their words, right? Their audio isn't, or their video isn't matching their audio or something like that. Whatever Mm -hmm. metaphor you want to use. And it's like, if we're going to do this oversimplification like Josh was talking about and just condense the whole thing down to like love God and love neighbor, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it looks like to love God necessarily, but I know I have some work to do on how to figure out how to love my neighbor and love my neighbor as myself. And that includes like self-love, self-care. Yeah. Right. Like we can't expect to share love with those around us if we are still trapped in a, like, a self-flagellating religiosity that's like, well, oh, I, I give love away, but, like, I'm just a shitty person, you know?
0: hmm
1: Yeah. Even if we're on a love God and love neighbor, maybe love neighbor is enough for a while, at least.
2: Because when you love your neighbor, you love God. That, like... <laughs> I wish that was understood. I mm. I feel like too often we we separate those two concepts so much. Oh, I have to love God and love neighbor. They're one in the same. Like God created us in God's image and we were not just good like the rest of creation, we were very good and God weeps when we hurt one another because we're also hurting God. It's not this like puppet master on a string getting pissed off because the puppets are fighting one another it's God is a part of the puppet as well and there's no one else pulling the strings like we are Pinocchio and we're hurting each other and in doing so we're hurting God and I wish people understood that they're not these two separate things when you love your neighbor you love God Mm -hmm. when you love God you'll love your neighbor and yeah a sermon coming
0: (laughs) (laughs) You do you feel like either of you ever see any other justifications on the Christian side for theology talk just being idle talk like actually trying to think about what you believe and why you believe it? Do you feel like you've encountered that before?
1: Yeah, I I've Christian encountered space? that before, but uh, most often I feel like it's just people being uncomfortable with like, "Hey, but what you're you're asking a question about something that the pastor taught us about last week and the pastor did the study and mm. did the work and like has yeah. the degree and mm-hmm. he knows what he's talking about." Who are you? Like, why are you asking questions? It seems like he's right. You know, I think it mm-hmm. really is just like a threat to power structure and a threat to authority. That's like, yeah, we can't we can't be taking the I mean, like that's that was literally the fucking root of the Protestant Reformation was like, hey, maybe we should people are learning to read and we can print books a lot easier now. So maybe we should all have it instead of just let the scripture be interpreted by the priest once a week. People could take this home like that was ayo. Mm-hmm take this home pretty (laughs) high up on the 95 theses but now we're doing the same thing when we're just like trying to get like this little a little dose of jesus time every week punctuated by the emotional high of live music performance (sighs)
0: so i think you're right i do think it is like out of fear usually even if people don't realize that that they like have this subconscious fear that for some reason it's going to lead people to I don't know, the wrong answers, or you're rebelling against authority, which is why I think I'm so interested that I hear on the, uh, another side, like from former Christians or from just completely non religious people, that any of this is idle talk. You know what I mean? Oh, wait, explain more. So I feel like what we're doing, not that I should explain to you with the podcast, but I feel like what we're doing is like we're talking through faith and doubts and beliefs and w- like why we believe anything.
1: Right, <laughs> uh, Or
0: why we don't believe certain things. And I feel like I see an equal, strong opinion from former Christians or from non-religious people that all religion talk, Christianity especially, is just idle talk. Mm. Mm. Even if you're questioning what you believe and why you believe it. And I don't understand that. Because I actually do think that, like, of course, questioning things is going to lead to some people deconverting. Because either they realized this isn't what they signed on for. Or they realized they went through a major belief shift or like whatever the reason. But for other people, it also doesn't lead to that. I don't know. I, I just, I'm confused that like these two, they're like Christians and non-Christians. Not that everybody has this opinion. But I'm, I'm, it's interesting to me that like two very different camps of people on the religious spectrum hmm. will have this opinion about talking theology.
1: Yeah. Well, so like yeah. early on, I think in my Christian life, to speak to the fear side, like I remember being pretty specifically taught like, yeah, we don't really read like philosophers because those people who read philosophy usually like end up not staying with the church. Right. Hmm. And I think at the root of that, uh, there's a really hot take embedded in here, which is basically uh, me saying like the reason Christians are afraid of other Christians reading philosophy is because they know they're right. Not because they think the philosophers are wrong. But that, I mean, like, I know that's the hot take and I know that's, that has no nuance, but on the other side, yeah, I think, can I ask you two, does it, does it continue to surprise you that I keep wanting to show up for this show now that I'm... No, no, not at all.
0: Cause I actually think that none of us think this is idle talk. Right. That's why we're all here. So
1: here's, okay. So I, this came out while I was in Scotland and I did a bad job of like signal boosting it, but I would love people to listen to my interview I guested on a show called Still Unbelievable, where the the host was really curious. He's been a listener of our show for a while, and he was really curious to talk to me about like, whoa, you came out as an atheist on your faith podcast. That was kind of weird, kind of crazy. It was a wonderful interview. I had a wonderful time. It was a wonderful interview.
2: It was very good.
1: And Emily, I hope that uh, I spend probably 15 minutes just gassing emily up because he (laughs) he made a side comment about like oh you've probably gotten comments about emily being a pastor and i was like yeah no uh that's real and i hope emily you just received that as like how much i truly love the vision of your work and like what you do and the reason i don't think this is idle talk right now is because of my friend emily Reddinghouse who has shown me that christian not all christians are the ones that i am don't want to associate with anymore, hmm. right? So, like, it's not idle talk for me because, to be honest, recently in therapy, I I named what I experienced at my last church as religious trauma, mm-hmm. um, what Dixie and I went through, and uh, it kind of ripped me up. Um, there's a ton of anger, there's a ton of bitterness down in there that I'm still working on with my therapist. But what I'm so grateful for and why I continue to show up here because I believe that this is a life-giving project and you guys make room for me at the table, even though it's not a Christian table exclusively anymore, um, is that the people I'm angry with don't get to define all of Christendom or Christianity in general. Hell Um, yeah. And I choose to let Emily be one of the definitions that continues to give life. So like, honestly, if I didn't know Emily, I probably would be in the camp of like, fuck it all we shouldn't be even talking about this we should just burn it to the mm. ground but it's more complicated than that emily you made it more complicated but i'm so glad you did
2: i w- wow wow
0: <laughs> i don't even know what to say yeah maybe that's it on both sides like the tendency for us to like oversimplify reduce down like it's either the gospel is the most important thing in the world but all you need to do is love God and love your neighbor. It's Mm. just that simple. Like you don't need to think about anything else or it's burn it all to the ground. Like I I think we do have this tendency to polarize what we think about just everything. So I think it makes sense how both camps end up in this place where they both end up like attacking the same thing. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Which is just hilarious to me.
2: When I think about idle, like I think about like a car, you know, like at a stoplight. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's just sitting there, right? It's not making any progress. It's not going backwards. It's not going forward. It's just kind of sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And, you know, finally the light changes and maybe it's stalling a little bit, but then it eventually moves. So it's making progress. It's like moving forward. I think the problem with conversations like this is it's progress for the people who are actually getting something from it and for the people who don't get something from it. They're at the stoplight. They're stuck. And Mm. if they can't get progress or maybe a certain type of progress that they're hoping for, then like it's impossible for everyone else. It's just worthless. Or for other people, it's all just a bunch of hype and we're all delusional.
1: To carry that metaphor further, because our friend Jesus talks about the narrow road, right? And it's like, I think some people. Did you
2: just say our friend Jesus? Sure.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, He talks about the narrow road and like I think like I, I've always interpreted that as like yeah no it's really hard to make it to heaven is basically like the interpretation I grew up with and but to carry your metaphor further I think sometimes it's like this is an idle talk for us we've hit a green light and we're moving forward according to us in relation to what's around us we're moving forward and these people who are so stuck on the, the narrow road are like watching us pass thinking that the narrow road is a one way, but we're on a two way high, Uh, you know, it's just like, I think we can look at a project like this and just be like, they're going in the wrong direction. You know, people like to be like, well, he's headed, he's going to the, on the wide road to hell, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But also like, I think that's what's interesting about using our show as an example for this. Not that we're perfect, certainly, but clearly Emily's not heading down that road. Like someone can make an argument for me and you and be like, no, they're just heretics. Like, I completely disagree with episode six. So we don't need the heretics in our midst at all. Or like they might even think Emily's that way. Well, okay, I um, guess the yeah. people who think that probably think <laughs> Emily's a heretic too. Never mind, because yeah, she's a woman in clergy.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's the first step. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh Emily, I really like your not just the analogy of the car idling, but your point about people having a different experience about the same discussion. I think yeah. that's really on the nose, actually. Yeah, that's really good
1: Yeah, it's like hmm. something about just not for everyone Yeah And it, it's fine if Ravel isn't for you Yeah, you know? but
2: don't be hating it And bringing it down for people Yeah,
1: well, haters gonna hate As my friend T-Swift says Gosh, guys
2: Steven has a lot of friends, Jesus and
1: T-Swift I went to the Eras tour movie in the IMAX theater And I became a Swifty <laughs> No <laughs> It was so good We just want to say how honored we are that you listen to Ravel. Seriously, there's a lot of great shows out there and we're grateful to be in your feed. Thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology.
2: If you want to support what we're doing, the best way to help is to tell a friend about us. We want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys, whether they're deconstructing, reconstructing, switching churches, deconverting, and everything in between.
0: And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, don't worry, we're keeping an open book for transparency.
2: For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith. So we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to know you.
1: Thank you to everyone who's already supporting, and thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music in full color. Hard left turn on this. Go for it. I want to hear your guys' hot takes on the phenomenon of people just making fun of like, Oh, just everyone has a podcast these days.
0: Oh yeah. I think that's part of it too. <laughs> where like, everyone has feels the need to like put their opinions out there on the internet. And sure. I think podcasting is the most cliche version. Unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you guys like to tell people that you have a podcast? We don't really talk about this that much. Yes. Maybe that's why we're bad at marketing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now I'm on the socials. Just not this month. <laughs> sorry i'm on a social media break (laughs) yeah you should be yes which is life we're happy to make that space oh and and i'm doing a podcast collaboration um that i'm recording tomorrow that's right but stay tuned you'll find out what it is soon enough so we're still doing stuff it's just like i don't know it's
1: it's not something i bring up in the first 10 minutes of meeting someone like oh yeah i host a podcast here's a link for it or here's my business card um
2: (laughs) i find that People who listen actually bring it up more than I do. Like Same. People in my church, like when our DS comes to visit, I'll have a couple church people be like, Yeah, Pastor Emily's podcast is great. And I'm like, Oh yeah, Aww. I do that.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Shout out to Emily's crew at the church. Hell yeah, yes. Dude.
2: And Carrie, love you too. You're fantastic. You're my you're my top
0: girls. Classic yeah. Classic, Carrie. <laughs> um, I I do think it is kind of It's funny that like there's this stereotype of like the Theo bro and also the Theo bro podcast Mm -hmm. and like I'm so (laughs) I'm so self-aware of that and I'm like I don't if I don't know you I don't really want to tell you I have a podcast like if I just (laughs) met you and also if I do know you and I don't know if you listen or not I kind of don't want to talk about the podcast (laughs) I don't yeah I don't really want to bring it up that's true I do I definitely do have friends that listen for sure but as my, my my new friend over on the Holy Hell podcast mentioned on an episode, we have a podcast because people are sick of listening to us in real life. None of our friends listen. And I thought that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that, that's probably right.
2: I think that
1: tracks. You guys are the people I talk about this with because everyone else is bored
0: <laughs> with me. I, everyone else thinks this is idle talk. No, I'm just kidding. That's an overgeneralization. It has
1: been funny. I'm going to keep this so incredibly vague but Josh and I were at an event together at some point and we were hanging out and one person around the fire was like how did you meet Josh or how do you know Josh and I was like oh well turns out I met him a long time ago when we were homeschooled but uh, we make a podcast together and then this person at the fire goes oh are you the atheist one (laughs) 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 and I was like yeah so you know me a little bit huh (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah, that's me
2: it's me what was your original question it's me Um,
0: that's funny no
1: i just like i forgot your question already i was looking for hot takes on like uh for or against like the uh the ridicule of like everyone has a podcast these days because here's my hot take i think there should be more podcasts i think people just need to get over that they're probably not going to make a ton of money off of it if any i think It what should fuel you as it is clear that it fuels us 163 episodes in is that we get something out of the act of creating it and spending the time together it's not like yeah i we're doing it for the art
0: okay there's a kind of we're serious artists see, and i don't even uh, you know <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <can> define how <laughs> no art, i agree with you though you like i think there should be more i will put an asterisk on what you said i think there should be more good podcasts there's a lot of shit ones out there. Normal people
1: podcast. I, we don't need yeah. another celebrity. I'm yeah. sorry. I just don't need Barack Obama hanging
0: out with Bruce Springsteen. You know, like also, you mm, know, what? okay, mm. you know what's interesting <sighs> about that? I don't remember what I was listening to recently. It might have been PJ Votes podcast that's new that I search engine. Search engine. Yes, thank you. I, I was show. thinking Island something. That's the, that was what it was before. Crypto Island. Um, but it might have been that one where they were talking or maybe it was a radio lab and but they were basically talking oh, about mm-hmm. that they think we're kind of like moving past the era of like the celebrity the expert like more and more we want to see like real people doing real things or like talking about things and not like necessarily in a reality show way but it's kind of like a mm-hmm. it's kind of like a new evolution of it I think like the memoir from someone you've never heard of kind yeah, of thing. right. Well, and we've seen
1: Spotify's failed experiment just fantastically go by the wayside, like, they've realized, like, oh, uh, people aren't just going to change their listening habits, so we should, I guess, give the Gimlet shows back to the rest of the internet instead of keeping it behind (laughs) the heavyweights back, and I'm so stoked on it, and it's not just behind the the Spotify wall anymore.
0: But I hear the critique that, like, maybe we don't need more theology podcasts or more deconstruction podcasts or, like, maybe... Maybe like we're capped out at a certain point. I think that's a fine critique and all that. Like, especially if people are just going to like put their unfiltered opinions out there on the internet like we do and don't fact check just like we do. Like, there's only so much of that you can do before you cause harm somehow. But I think it's good what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. Like, if our ability to publish this every week
1: went away, I'd still get on a call with you guys once a week, I think.
2: (laughs) Um, yeah. Absolutely.
0: That's true. I like that's I don't know. That's it for me. So what makes it seem so cringe to people though? Because I think you're right. I think that opinion is super out there, theology or not. Like I think people do think of podcasting as idle talk.
1: Well, I think what comes with the eye roll is just like, oh, you think your thoughts are so original?
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I don't. I think a ton of my thoughts are distillations of the other ten podcasts I listened to today. <laughs> But that doesn't mean it's not like shaping me and it's not literally changing my life and the way I think, and the way I relate to the people around me.
2: I think there is something about it's a self-glorifying project. Yeah, but do we do the
1: same thing to like, oh, you wrote a book? Cool. You know, it's
2: like some people. Yeah,
1: these Scrooges need to just stop. Get out of here, (laughs) Scrooges. We're going to make stuff.
2: But hey, hey, just think about this, though. Even Scrooge after that night encountering the three ghosts of Christmas had a change of heart. So who's to say that these Scrooges in our podcasting mists won't have a change of heart? They may find something that is life giving for them. And if we're not life giving for you, that is okay, And you can just deal the fuck with it. (laughs) It's life giving for other people. Don't. It's like when someone makes a cake. And it may not be the most beautifully decorated cake, but they're just so proud that like they made a cake with their own hands. They followed a recipe. They've never been able to do that before, mm-hmm. and they did it. And it's a great product for them. And then someone else comes by, and they're just like, mm, "This cake is shit." And you're like, just "But why?" Full great like, British
1: baking show on their ass. Yeah. I
2: freaking love a Great British <laughs> baking show. I'm watching. I'm binge watching it right now. But it's like of that course. thing of you can you can carefully critique something. And that's mm. fine. But when you just shit on someone and you're not having any sense of respect or even care of wanting it to be improved, so either you can enjoy it or more people can enjoy it, then just lay off. Like, why? Why do you need to be that way?
0: The Emily, <laughs> but don't you know, Christians and atheists, by their nature, have to both be pretentious, otherwise we wouldn't be able to hate each other for it.
2: Well, then I'm a shitty Christian because I don't do that. <laughs> I don't fit in either camp.
1: <laughs> and I'm a shitty atheist, I guess,
0: for the same reason. Hey,
2: let's start a club.
0: Yeah. Uh, great. Let's call it Ravel. Okay. I have a... We did it. I, have a qu- I think I have a final question for you that I oh, just yes. thought of as Steven was kind of like going on this little podcast diatribe. It, it brought me to this question. Um, My lead in is going to be the more... I listen to podcasts and the more that I do this one, the more I love podcasts like ours. And not that I think we do it perfectly or that we couldn't ever be better in the future, um, like production wise or something like that. But like, I'm less interested now in listening to expert podcasts, interview podcasts. Say I'm not opposed to listening to people that like have built a platform. Like I'm really enjoying PJ votes, new podcast that I keep forgetting the name to search engine. Search engine. Thank you. Um, (laughs) but like, to me, it feels really different listening to a podcast that's, like, exploratory and, like, finding a thread to pull on versus, like, we're going to talk to this person that, like, knows everything about X. Not the, not the platform, but, like, the variable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, like, so, like, Bible or not, I've definitely, like, lost interest in some, like, Bible and theology shows, but mostly because they're interview shows. Same. Yeah. Like some people do it really, really well. Like Dan Koch, you have permission. I think is a fantastic interviewer. I recommend that show probably more than any other show. Yeah. Period. But like I love a genuine chat show. A chat show that's like virtually agenda-less and just like allows the conversation to wander. And people can actually keep up a conversation. I actually really, really love it. So here's my question. What do you think you have learned about doing conversation in this way mostly theological like has it taught us anything about theology or about being in conversation with people etc like i feel like our show has changed a bit since we started but i'm i'm curious like given the nature of our like exploratory we don't have all the answers it's literally in our intro <laughs> so like therefore we don't do much fact checking <laughs> But like, what what do you feel like this like style of like philosophical wandering has brought you? If it's not idle talk,
2: it's brought me joy. Mm. Believe it or not, in my profession, I get up and talk in front of people a lot, and you know, people will come up to me and say, "That was a great sermon. That was a great message. You gave me things to think about." And then sometimes I do have people that will come in and like ask more questions, but more often than not, you would be surprised. Wink, wink. A lot of people in the church don't want to talk to their pastor about deep theological existential questions. Mm. A, because they're afraid. B, they don't want to be wrong. Or C, all the above. And so doing something like this gives me joy because I don't have to preach I don't have to get up in front of and, and speak to and with. I get to just sit down and have conversation huh. and not expect anyone to then knock on my door on Tuesday and be like, hey, I had a question about this. It's more of we're enjoying roundtable conversation to deepen ourselves. And that's life giving for me. Like, that is so amazing that I have this gift. To sit and to listen to you two and like hear what you have to share and open my eyes in new ways and dig into my own faith and my own faith journey. And it makes me a better person. And like you two are part of that. It's not just me. And I think without this, I don't know what what else would give me joy in this kind of way. Mm. I get joy from other things. Don't get me wrong. This gives me joy in a way that only this could give me joy.
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's something cool about even kind of, I don't even, self-policing is the wrong word because truly our Discord is so low-key and so chill and vibey. But um, I love that, like Emily, you don't have people like knocking on your door being like, what did you mean by this in the sermon? And people in the Discord can just like basically continue an episode through the chat and mm-hmm. none of us really have to be there and it's just like sparking more things for other folks who have a space to like talk about it without like creating a big comment thread on Instagram. That's hard to follow or in public, you know that I think that's part of it. Right. I think Josh, what I've learned, I I think I've definitely kind of put to rest the initial feeling through podcasting of like, who's going to care about what I have to say, you know, like, Mm It's, it's the opposite of like, Oh, everyone has a podcast. You, do you think your opinion is so valuable? I like, I think there was a, there was a part of me at the beginning of like, who's going to want to hear me, who cares, you know? And turns out some people do. And that's really nice. And I've learned that that is such a valuable experience. I think that it does something so wonderful to be truly be listened to and to be prodded and asked questions of, and like, I think that's just brought an energy to the way I show up to like my D and D group and like beers with friends. We don't always have to like say our piece, you know, we can just listen and people can like pull us on like hard tangents and we don't need to be worried about like, no, 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 let's get back to it. I feel like that's some of the, some of the energy that comes with like a small group is like, Hey, you're talking about this thing. We're not really here to talk about that. So we're just going to kind of be like, thanks for sharing but
0: anyway (laughs) and I've never got like the guy who randomly brings up how much porn he watched this week yeah and like yeah we've never I don't I've never felt like
1: that with you two I mean sometimes I say stuff and I finish a thought and I can tell both of you are like yep oh sure sure yep and don't really have anything to say about it but
0: I don't feel like Steven what the hell you know like (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad. Like sometimes, it's I, mean, just... I know what you mean, but also I think that's the nature of conversation, too, is like you're going to say something that like either leaves you speechless because it's actually really thought provoking mm-hmm. or you're just there's just like that's such a conclusive thought that there's nothing to give in addition. I don't know. So I don't feel shame like
1: if if one of us gives a concluding thought and then the next person is just asking another question. It's not like, well, we don't want to deal with what Emily just said. So moving on, like <laughs> that's just how. Ha- you know, that's not the vibe. That's not what we're doing. We're just keep it going.
0: Which if you expanded that into just like doing theology in general, I feel like that's a very healthy approach. I think that that's a very like, I think it's life-giving. I think it's validating. I think it allows people the opportunity to actually explore without feeling like if they did explore, everything would unravel and it'd be the end of everything. And
1: Or that it, it doesn't always have to be a, debate or like a yeah like oh you just said this thing here's where i think you're wrong it's like we can instead affirm what we think is right or like just bounce off the idea but i think in the realm of theology especially like we get into those modes of like here's where i sit on salvation and then people in the room are like well that's wrong according to and it's like yeah i'm not sure that's the way to do conversation anyway who's that helping
0: I think the biggest thing that comes to mind for me is Emily, I, I totally agree with you about like this being very like personally fulfilling like I've been a part of several like lots of different types of roundtable discussion, be it Bible study uh, at a brewery or this, and like i I love doing stuff like this, especially with people that I know who are also into it, and like we're gonna have a good conversation no matter what we talk about, and pretty much anything's on the table, basically like mm-hmm. I think that that makes something really really valuable and fun and like you go different places that you would never have gone in a group like steven was talking about where like people will just like rabbit trail unnecessarily or like whatever so i I agree with that like personally fulfilling yes i think the more we do this the more i am i'm noticing in myself like where i don't want to talk theology or (laughs) where i like feel much more conscious of uh Oh, there's more to life than like talking about theology all the time. Mm. Like I love doing the show. I love like participating in the discord. I love running the socials. I love talking about theology with other people unrelated to Ravel, especially if like one of us is really questioning something like I'm super into that. Mm -hmm. And also, I think that in previous stages of my life, my world was like almost entirely theological, almost twenty four seven, and like I'm listening to Heaven Bent right now by uh, Tara Gene Stevens. Uh, I'm listening to the current iHop season. It's a really interesting season. Uh, if people are into that, it's a little true crimey, I will say. So if you're not into that, keep in mind. But um, like one of the things that they're talking about on the recent season is like how immersive some charismatic groups really are, and like I think both in ministry school when I went to it for a year and also in more of a like church every week and volunteering scenario. I think that there have just been, there's been so many times in my life where like almost every day was a very consciously theological day. Like I'm thinking about it constantly. I'm talking to people about what they believe, what I believe Hmm. like not, not necessarily like apologetics all the time, but like it's just like always on my mind. And I think that the more we've done this show, not only have I appreciated the exploratory nature of our show and I personally love the format <laughs> so of course of course I want to keep doing it but I've I think that it's kind of like helped me mm, segment I guess is the closest word I can think of like segment where I want to talk theology and where in other contexts I don't need to like I can just enjoy the evening like if we're like hanging out with friends or Mm-hmm. Um we're watching a movie like I don't I don't need to be thinking about it all the time even if I am thinking about it all the time. <laughs> I guess that was a really long way to say that. But I don't know. You kind of know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Emily, I bet you feel a lot like that sometimes because you are oh, a pastor yeah. by trade.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
0: mhm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Definitely. And then we don't have to be annoying our friends in our IRL life who are like,
0: "Oh my gosh, would you just shut up about this? I just yeah. want to get a beer and play darts." <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and like, I think that what's, and honestly, we could do a, a, at least a whole episode on this, but I actually think that the heuristic of what would Jesus do is a really interesting, like, philosophical heuristic. I think that it's really, mm-hmm. like, simply profound and, like, gets people to think about the story of Jesus and the way it applies to, like, us as modern readers. It, it's brilliant. Like, I don't remember who thought of it. I've heard it once, but I, I actually think it's great. But, like, You also don't need that to figure out what the right thing is to do. Yeah. Like Emily doesn't need, what would Jesus do to not kick a homeless person in the balls? Uh. Amen. (laughs) Like you don't need to ask yourself that question to like decide how to love your neighbor. So I will side with the like reductionist Christians on this who think this is all idle talk. It is really simple. I I think that you can just like love people by being a good human and you don't have to be constantly thinking about Jesus even if you are a Christian. Yeah. So, that's my little soapbox. Mm. But I don't know, mm-hmm. I just like thought of that as an example of like like I th- I think I think this show has helped me not be as consciously theological all the time. Sure. And I think it's been good for me, which is kind of funny because like you listen to this show If you've listened to it and (laughs) and people probably think that like all three of us are just like always, always listening to things, always reading things, always like thinking about this, like trying to come up with a new question. And like, honestly, that could not be farther from the truth for me at this point. Mm. I occasionally will listen to a theology podcast every couple weeks or so. I think of a new question to ask. And that works out perfectly because I only bring Mm -hmm. up one a month. Yeah. Right. right <laughs> but it's like it's like enough to like keep me going and even then even then I don't think this is idle talk even as mm-hmm. I have like had even as I like feel like I have fewer theological days I see so much value in doing this no matter where someone is on the religious spectrum mm-hmm. I think like I think if we have any hope of like bridging the gap of like religious and non-religious and like just moving forward as a world we huh. need this yeah yeah so, yeah, that's me. I guess that's what my thoughts are on this question that I brought up. <laughs> I love that. Um, I guess in closing, a few things
1: I wanted to say. Thank you, Chloe, again, for getting our drinks this week. My Egyptian licorice tea was splendid. Go listen to that Still Unbelievable episode that I it on. I also wanted to mention, I truly believe that more people should have podcasts. And I do that as a freelancer. So, if you are curious to uh, chat about what it takes to start a podcast, what it takes to make a podcast. I've made this one as the editor and uh, like producer behind the scenes, started no normal people with my wife. I've launched a bunch of shows. I edit for Bible for normal people. Like I love doing this. And if you're curious to know what it takes and maybe work together, I mean, I'd be happy to uh, take any inquiries. So for any of that, you can hit me up on threads or Instagram or stevenghenning.com is my website
0: so and if you want to see ours continue you can support us on patreon.com slash ravel pod <laughs> but if you don't we're probably just going to keep going anyway so like whether or not you support that's us right. we don't we don't care it's fine but also we'd love it if you we'd did. love to invite you onto the carriage ride but also you don't need to that's fine <laughs> it's great it's okay if you think this is idle talk you haven't listened this far so emily what's the opposite of idle talk meaning talk
1: meaningful talk We're finding meaning at the end of it all.
2: We're finding meaning at the end of it all. And at the end of it all, the idea that comes to my mind is connection. And I've been really into poetry lately. And that's a shout out to Mason Scurry. He was a camper of mine who's now not only a counselor with us, but my little brother, one of my greatest friends. And um, so he's inspired my love of poetry. And I found a poem by Ramesh Kavdia. And the poem is titled Connection. The connection begins with words, as prayers, praise, poems. Words connect the feelings. Feeling connects the emotions. Emotions connect the heart. The heart connects to the heart. By waves and energy, by love and frequency, then we fly higher or we drown deeper. We see the soul. We see the soul full of joy, truth, and love all together. We move towards eternity. We move towards divine, we move towards bliss, and we meet God. Then we see God in every heart, and then we see love in every heart. We connect with all universe.
1: or we drown deeper that line smashed me just now are you kidding me you're welcome (laughs) oh my gosh